तो नदीम कितनी देर का है ये प्रोग्राम पूरा आई थिंक कोई अबाउट नाइनटी मिनट्स रफली अच्छा ठीक है We should be done by about eight. It depends on कितना लंबा चलता है लोग कितना बोलते हैं. Sometimes people speak a lot. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Pied webinar. We, as you know, we have tried to pursue subjects in depth, and one of the subjects that we are pursuing, along with energy and many other subjects, actually, we are pursuing civil service reform in some depth because it's an important subject. This is the fifth in our series, and as we did with education, we have. Try to do webinars with various stakeholders, various research organizations, things like that. And now we have invited the advisor on institutional reform, the man in charge of civil service reforms, to help us um, think this through further. We did the same uh, with the Minister for Education. So now we are going to invite Mr. Uh, Mr. Ishrat Hussain. So please keep your mics muted because uh, we have to first let him speak, and then we'll come to it. um we have as i said today we have uh, dr ishrat hussain i thank you very much dr saab for coming and joining us uh, dr saab is you know the writer of um, great importance he's written a number of books number of papers he's obviously a man um, an academic who should be listened to but apart from that dr saab is really in charge of the central bank as well as iba and now he's in charge of reform institutional reform in the country so it is very important that we hear from him and talk to him dr sir we have conducted these this this webinars looking at these questions that you see in front of you i'm not uh, reading them but sir you... your slides are stuck sir on civil service reform slide once again once again a slide is stuck i know so i'll i'll try and do something about it okay i think we'll have to go back to the other side theek hai oh stop yaar hmm hmm okay can you hear me now okay okay there we are let me see if i can go back to it okay ji can everybody hear me can you hear me folks yes kyun ji awaaz aayi okay sir. we can hear you okay but, but we can't see your slides Can you, you see, see them? अभी देख सक रहे हैं कि नहीं? ये बहुत छोटा फ़ॉन्ट है समझ नहीं आ रही क्या लिखा हुआ है। ओहो चले फिर we'll have to wing it without that I don't think it'll happen वो bandwidth नहीं allow करती। so it doesn't matter anyways I've introduced Dr. Shubhasan number of questions I won't read them because we'll get into that ठीक है? Just to begin let me read out ये Ahmed Rajwana जो doctor साहब के साथ काम करते थे civil service के DMG के आदमी हैं PS के उन्होंने बड़ी अच्छी poem कल लिखी which I thought was a good way to begin. पोएम पे ये लिखते हैं कि समवन आस्क मी व्हाट्स रॉन्ग विद द कंट्री आई टोल्ड हिम माय स्टोरी आई वांटेड टू बी अ पेंटर आई वाज आस्क टू बी अ डॉक्टर आई ट्रेन्ड फॉर कंप्यूटर साइंस आई टुक इकोनॉमिक्स एंड पॉलिटिकल साइंस आई ग्रेजुएटेड इन इंग्लिश लिटरेचर आई वांटेड टू डू नथिंग आई टुक वन एग्जाम नाउ आई डू नथिंग दैट्स अस आई थिंक दैट काइंड ऑफ कैप्चर्स something that we are talking about isi tarah ek aur khatoon hai development practitioner mashallah ka bada kaam karti hai beemish amjad unhone likha hai aaj from banking sector to telecom sector the goal is to keep passing the bucket and spinning poor customers around useless visits and paperwork that's what 
transactions and doing business has become in Pakistan. We have had about 40, 50 uh, reports on civil service form and nothing seems to work. Unfortunately, um, report after report or whatever. Well, anyway, anyway it should, it's wrong to say reports because many of these are not published. But yeah, there were commissions formed. So yes, it's a long-standing reform since the beginning of Pakistan, and we never seem to get ahead with it. What is the problem? The problem is that our governance keeps declining. Um, again, using data from people that talk about it, people keep leaving the country because they say there's no space for us. The um, energy sector is declining, education sector is declining, our cities are, are suffering, policies outsourced to donors. And so there are tons of problems, and that's why we need this stuff. We've done about 80 webinars with people. And what we find out on webinars is that the biggest problem is policy inconsistency and poor policy development. Transactions costs are very extensive in this, in this economy because there is a permission economy, tons of permissions, tons of NOCs, et cetera. HRM and the state mentality seems to prevail. So this is a very important thing. Markets, there are hardly any markets in the country. Energy remains a huge problem. So we've got a number of problems. And all of them point to one thing, the executive is not functioning. Uh, within the civil service, there's not tons of things that people have talked about. I won't talk about it at length, but these issues remain. And the upshot is that our long-term growth is declining. Our growth is volatile. In fact, we don't seem to have any responsibility for growth at all now. The government is virtually abdicated talking about growth. Um, investment GDP ratio is very low, has been declining. It's not that it's got to do anything with this government. It has been declining. Same thing for growth. This has been declining for the last 30 years. And Rishal Saab has written about it in his book too, that from 1991 onwards, growth has been declining. Yes, it has. And yes, it's a huge thing that we should talk about. Interestingly enough, we've outsourced our policy. But if you look at the 1950 cartoon, they talked about it. Here is Lakat Ali Khan in a cartoon made in 1950 on dollar crutches. And there are donors saying, hey, let's keep them that way. They'll behave themselves if we keep them on the drug. So that is from 1950, not today. Our persistence with the IMF, every decade we've had two or three IMF reforms. That also shows you that our policy is very, very weak. So with that, Dr. Sab, I'll just pass it on to you. Then I'm sure lots of people have called me. There are lots of questions. So after your summary, we'll proceed. So Dr. Saab, over to you. No, thank you very much. And the main purpose of this interaction is to listen to people rather than give my own views, because I don't think anybody has got the monopoly of wisdom. It is after listening to different viewpoints that you come to some kind of informed judgment. Now, what we are trying to do is a threefold approach. One is to look at some key institutions of economic governance, which are State Bank, SECP, FBR, PIA, Railways, which are a competition commission which are critical to the economic growth of this country and promoting the private investment and private sector. And these institutions really need a lot of revamping, both in terms of their processes as well as the human resource 
and most importantly, the technology which enables the service provider to be able to reach out to the general public without much interaction physically between the government functionary and the citizen. So that is the approach on the institutions, selected institutions of economic governance. And the most important of them is the FBR. And unless we try to reorder our FBR structure, processes, as well as the human resources and its information technology, we are not going to go anywhere because we will remain dependent on the donors, we will remain dependent on IMF, and we will not be able to make any progress as far as our competitors in the region are concerned. So that is one particular area in which we are working for the last few months. The second area is the restructuring of the federal government in which we didn't have any idea as to how many organizations were actually functioning under the different ministries and the divisions. We had no functional or legal classification of these. We didn't know why they were established and what we that they are doing right now. So we carried out a survey and found out there are 440 different types of organizations divided in 16 types of the entities. They started with the autonomous bodies, attached departments, subordinate offices, councils, commissions, and you name it and you find them in the organizational structure. So what we tried to do was to classify them into six categories, those which will be retained by the government. And there will be only two types of organizational structure. One will be autonomous bodies and the other will be executive departments. And the philosophy behind this organizational structure was that there will be clear division between policy making, implementation of policies, and regulatory functions. The regulatory functions will be completely independent of the ministry because the citizen of Pakistan has a right to approach an independent regulatory agency, even against the excesses committed by the government organization. The operations will be carried out either by an autonomous body with its own board of directors with no interference from the ministry or the executive departments, which will be given the tasks to carry out their functions. So these will be the two types. So 330 entities have been grouped under this. The remaining 110 entities will either be privatized, liquidated, merged, given to the provinces, or they will be 
liquidated because some of them are no longer performing the functions for which they were established. And that work has been completed and that is now part of the structure of the government. The third aspect of the civil service reforms, where we decided that there should be a complete value chain rather than tinkering with each component because they are all interrelated and you have to carry out simultaneously reforms in each six of those. So starting with induction and recruitment, the second is the training, the third one is performance management, number four is the career progression or career planning, including the promotion policy, fifth is the compensation and benefits, and sixth is the retirement and severance. And each one of them has to be worked in order to make the capacity and the competence of the civil servants match with their job requirements. So in induction and recruitment, we're trying to create some clusters. For example, the financial services, if you want to qualify for financial services, which are ordinary accounts or taxation or commerce and trade, you must have to take elective papers in finance or economics. If you want to opt for police service, you have to take two electives in criminology and also a criminal procedure code. If you want to go in for foreign service, you will take the international relations and diplomacy that will be required as two elective papers. So we're trying to bring in some kind of partial specialization among these generalist carders. That is what is the requirement for the induction. The second is on the training. You would be surprised uh, that out of 29,000 officers working in the federal government in grade 17 to 22, 23,000 officers are ex-carder or non-carder. And what are they? They are doctors, engineers, economists, accountants, financial analysts, agriculture researchers, and you name them. And they have been treated as second-class citizen in a era where knowledge and innovation are going to drive the economic growth. They have no career planning, they have no training. So the cabinet has decided for the first time to have a organized training, just like of the Carter officers, of all these specialists. And their promotions would also be dependent on both on their performance as well as the training. We have engineers who have never read a book after their engineering degree, while you might realize as the Deputy Chairman Planning Commission, we have poor designs which result in poor implementation, cost overruns, and time overruns. So we are costing so much to the exchequer without deriving the benefits. Mm -hmm. So this is started, and these will be organized 
by the professionals themselves. And for the cadre officers, what is the idea of the foreign service officers to go for 10 weeks for the National Institute of Management? What is the idea of the income tax officer to spend that much time in those courses? So we've divided that into two parts. Five weeks, they will work in a generalist atmosphere with all other cadres. And after five weeks, they will go back to their own academies and training institutions for training in a specialized fields to which they belong. The third one is the performance management. The present system is that of annual confidential report, which is subjective, which is being replaced by performance contracts between the prime minister and the minister in charge. And the minister in charge then enters into performance agreements with the secretary and the performance evaluation report will be based on certain objectives for the year with key performance indicators, which are measurable, verifiable, quantifiable. And they will be signed by the officer and the supervisor, and then they will be evaluated at the end of the year. If there is a disagreement between the supervisor and the officer, it will be escalated to an independent appellate board, which would listen to both sides and decide as to what the final performance ranking would be. Only 20% in a particular grade uh, would be given outstanding. 60% will be given uh, you know, what we call as the average or satisfactory. Um, and 20% will be the below average, which is the bell curve. And this is what we have agreed with the ministries and some of ministries have actually carried this out as pilot basis, because this is not an easy task. You have to write job descriptions, and then you have to identify what the goals are, and each goal has to have one or two key performance indicators. So it's not an easy task. And this is to reduce the uh, subjective evaluation, which really places today 80% of the people in outstanding or you know, excellent cadre, uh, grade, while the, everybody is satisfactory, nobody is below satisfactory or average. The fourth one is the career planning and compensation. Now, we want to bring in all the cadres and non-cadres at equal footing, that they should have their own positions it is not the monopoly of one particular service that all the positions of the you know, joint secretaries or deputy secretaries or the secretaries should be reserved for one particular service on the basis of one examination taken you know, 25 years or 20 years ago, but it should be open up to everyone and there should be competition among them so that they can be uh, accommodated uh, on the equal footing with the level playing field. And the promotion will be held on the basis of three uh, indicators. One is the performance reports, which will carry 40%. The second will be what your training outcomes are, 30%.
and a central selection board headed by the chairman of the Public Service Commission with all the top civil servants, chief secretaries, some secretaries and the heads of the cadres sitting in collective judgment uh, on the evaluation of the performance. So the seniority will no longer be the criterion for this kind of promotion. The fifth one is the compensation and benefits. We have assigned this task to PIED to come up with a study as to what the compensation package would be. The unfortunate situation today is that we have grade one to 16, which constitute 95% of the workforce and they take away 85% of the total wage bill. While the specialists and the officers class and 17 to 22 are only 5% in numbers and they get only 15% of the salaries. What we are proposing to do is with e-governance and automation, we should be freezing all the clerical jobs and the jobs which are not really required for the delivery of the services or for decision-making purposes. So 71,000 jobs uh, which were vacant for the last one year have actually been abolished. So that salary savings from these will be used in order to boost the salaries of the officers who are not getting a decent living wage today. And there are too many variations and too many exceptions. Some civil servants are getting twice as much salary. Others are getting 100% allowances. So it is a mishmash. And there is no linkage between the performance and the compensation. So we hope that this study, which you are carrying out at PIDE, would help us in monetizing the benefits and also creating a structure of compensation where there is fairness and equity. I'm dismayed to see that my private secretary is in grade 19 and a neurosurgeon in PIMS is also in grade 19. This is absolute ridiculous. So we have to completely do away with the basic uniform pay scales. We have to bring in a scarcity premia for the professions for which we have shortages and then realign the salary structures on the basis of the premium or discount from the norm. And uh, I think uh, this is badly needed because if you look at the State Bank of Pakistan, the starting salary of the State Bank of Pakistan today is 85,000 rupees, which is equivalent to what Standard Charter and Unilever offer. So a lot of bright and the best students from the top universities are now going to the State Bank. Why shouldn't they come to the civil services? And that is why we have to look at this whole structure of the compensation benefits. And finally, I come to the question of retirement. We have just introduced directory retirement. 
and there is a lot of flack. On all these reforms, there is a lot of resistance and that sort of flack, which I understand because the losers are already visible and they can organize themselves. And the beneficiaries are unknown and they would appear in long term, not in the short term. So this asymmetry between the losers and their gainers is one of the reasons why reforms do not succeed or they are reversed. And therefore, we have carried out an early retirement scheme. If after completing 20 years, if you are not performing well because of your below average grading in the performance reports or in the training that you are not considered suitable for continuation in the service, or if you are superseded three times, you will be given opportunity to improve yourself. But if you don't do that, then you will be asked for early retirement. And the pensions are becoming an explosive subject for public finances. So we are just formed a pay and pension commission in which we want to migrate from pay as you go to a defined contributory system where you create a pension fund where the officer contributes some amount and the government contributes some amount and the proceeds then are invested by professional investment manager or fund manager and the gains from that will be the accrual which will happen after the retirement. So this is the uh, horizon in which you are working. It's not linear path. It's not straightforward. There are a lot of skeptics. There are a lot of people who do not believe in any reforms because it disturbs the status quo. And therefore we have a big battle ahead of us. So I'll stop here because I promised that I would spend more time in listening to people and if there are any questions or I would really appreciate if there are more suggestions. You know, we all know what's wrong with us and what's wrong with the civil services. That is a litany of woes we are, are very, very familiar with. My purpose in coming to your forum was that among the intellect which is present here, we might be able to get some positive suggestions how to go about improving our civil service structure, processes, and the policies. Thank you very much, Nadeem. I can't hear you. I can't Thank hear you very you. much, Doc Sub. Thank you very much, Doc Sub. I think that has been a very precise, succinct overview of your reform. And I think there are a lot of elements there. I see a lot of hands. There's a lot of questions, suggestions, etc. So I won't interfere. I'll just ask you a very one very simple question, then I'll move on to the audience. Doc Sub, last week we had, or just I think three or four days ago, we had the PMS people who formed an association of civil service, something. They were here and they gave a give us a we had a very good session with them. And they were also talking about the extreme centralization, the pyramid that the civil services with the PS at the head and every agency kind of every agency reports to the civil uh, to the PS. 
And uh, they were talking about how the constitution, and I'm sure they'll raise it too, that the constitution says that there should be more, especially after the 18th amendment, that power should be distributed. And as we've often discussed in many countries, there is a clear distinction between the federal, provincial, and the local civil service. Here we have merged all three into a pyramid with the DMG heading it. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Are we changing that? I mean, I've been meeting with all the provincial civil service associations, mm -hmm. and there are two issues. One is their constitutional interpretation of Article 240A, where they think that after 18th Amendment, there is no need for all Pakistan services, not only PAS, but also the police service of Pakistan. They feel that all these positions of chief secretaries, uh, IG police, secretaries to the provincial governments should be appointing authority should be the chief minister of the province. And therefore, they do not accept the all Pakistan service concept, but which is a part of our constitution. So they have gone to the Supreme Court and we are hoping for a interpretation of Article 240 a, to one way or the other, and thereafter we would be able to settle this issue. But I would, would like to correct you. There are three different service structures. One is the all Pakistan, one is the federal, and the third one is the provincial. So the majority of the civil servants today are in the provincial services. Out of 4 million people who are serving the government in all, only 1 million are in the federal government and 3 million are in the provinces. And the officers serving the provincial governments are four times more than the officers serving the federal government. Now I come to the second point. Under the present composition of the inter-provincial federal quotas, we have removed 650 posts out of the PAS and transferred them to the provinces for the provincial civil service officers. So out of 1,700 posts which were reserved for the Pakistan Administrative Service, they will now have only 10, 1050 and 650 positions in the provinces will be manned by the Provincial Management Service or Provincial Civil Service or Provincial Executive Service. That decision has already been taken. So there will be more openings and promotion opportunities for the PCS officers which was a travesty of justice as far as I'm concerned. So we decided as a part of the reforms to strengthen the PLCS. The other thing I wanted to, and they have been in dialogue with me, they come and talk to, to me. And when I go to all the provincial headquarters, I meet with them regularly, is that we have now revived the induction of the PCS officers into the PS. PS was a very close shop. Nobody could come into that unless he had entered through 
the grade 17 comparative exam. We have now introduced the induction of the PCS officers into the PS through a public service commission. So these were the grievances of the provincial service, which we have tried to respond to. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Okay, let me try and bring somebody in. Let's see Fazal Saab. He was he is from the PMS. He was with us last week. Fazal Saab, what would you like to say? So, uh, I would just like to say that uh, if we look at the scheme of Dr. Ishat Hussain, uh, it is not a new scheme. Uh, if you look at the uh, Pay and Services Commission report of uh, A.R. Cornelius, uh, mm -hmm. we find a similar concept over there. Mm -hmm. But uh, how uh, we mm -hmm. can uh, reform civil service when we are, uh, what we are trying to is to induct the PMS into PAS and to make a new all-Pakistan service to man all the superior posts. Sir, we, we are actually, uh, uh, but we feel the provincial civil servants says that somehow Dr. Ishrat is trying to revive the good, good old days CSP. So uh, it, will, it will lead towards an imbalanced federation. And actually, this, this is a scheme to bring on a unitary civil service. And also, I would like to ask Dr. Ishrat that he promised us the 680 seats uh, in, in our last meeting. Uh, what is the update on that? Thank you very much, sir. But this question of dividing seats seems like rationing of sorts. Do we have to have that? Is there no better system to go to? No, I agree with you. That's why we're abolishing it. Hmm. This gentleman, whoever uh, was with PMS, hasn't read my book. Hmm. My book has proposed a national executive service and a provincial executive service which will completely abolish the monopoly and reservations and the quotas of the CSP and PS. Just because I happen to be in CSP, everybody attributes motives. I am not interested. I've done everything in the world. I am a very satisfied person. I'm not interested in reviving the CSP or anything because that model is no longer relevant for the 21st century. The concept of the National Executive Service is as follows. After you reach grade 19, whether you are in provincial service, whether you are in federal service, whether you are a all Pakistan service, or whether you are working in autonomous bodies and ex-carter positions, you will compete at a entry examination before the Public Service Commission, and then there will be a structured interview of those who qualify at the written exam, and their entire record of performance will be between, before the Public Service Commission. And those who will be selected will form four clusters. One, the Economic Ministries cluster, so you will start in an economic ministry and will remain in those economic ministries. So we are going for specialization in the national executive service. The second will be the technical ministries. 
So we would have engineers in Ministry of Communication. He can become the secretary to the ministry, which is not happening right now. Then we will have social sector ministries. So an educationist can become the secretary of education. And the fourth will be general administration, where perhaps the PCS and the PS officers have the chance to rise to that. But this is an equality of opportunity and level playing field. So I get very surprised when people say they have read my book, where my book, as well as the National Commission for Government Reforms, which I chaired in 2006, 2008, has clearly defined that we want to abolish the reservation of Pakistan Administrative Service. So I keep on hearing this, either it is a straw man which is being created and in order to give a very wrong impression about the thrust of the reforms. So that is the purpose of having a level playing field. And I can tell you, I consulted 1400 officers in all over Pakistan and majority of them said, please do this, we are with you, including the provincial civil service officers, because we would get opportunity to rise to the positions which are denied to us today. So I just thought I, it gives me an opportunity to clarify as to how people without understanding and without reading attribute motives. If I were not from the DMG, then they will accept it. But just because 64, I joined the civil service, but I've been away from the civil service for 40 years. And there is something called intellectual honesty. If I'm not intellectually honest, then I don't think I deserve to be here in this position. I think that's a very good point. I think in all our questions and opinions and facts, we should not question motives. We should st stay with the subject. In fact, this is an academic seminar. This, as I keep saying, this is neither Hamid Mir nor Kamran Khan. We are here to learn. We are here to question each other and understand from each other. So it's collective learning. We are not here to attribute motives to anybody. But let me go on further. Parvez Tahir Sab, former chief economist, Parvez Tahir Sab. Thank you, Nadeem, and thank you, Dr. Ishwat, for, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sure, we can oh. hear you. Yeah. Dr. Sir, uh, the issue is that we will still have a centrally managed service. Mm. The federal government will still appoint, let's say, chief secretaries and so on. The issue is how much centralization we need given our constitution. No motive, nothing. Have you looked at this issue? We are going away from centralization, Parvez. Local governments which are going to be established under the new laws, at least in Punjab and KP, will have elected mayors and okay. chairman of the district councils. And they can appoint their own staff from wherever they want. They can bring in from the market, they can bring in from the provincial governments, they can bring in from the federal government. So we are actually decentralizing and empowering the lowest tier where there is the interaction between a citizen and uh, the government. We are telling the local governments, education, health, 
water supply, sanitation, town planning, all this will be under you. So that is the whole motive of the local government departments and they will have their own staff. Provincial governments, as I told you today, have 3 million appointees of their own. So how is the central management? Except for certain positions like the chief secretary and the IG police, which are being manned by the All Pakistan Service, if the Supreme Court tomorrow gives the verdict that there will be no All Pakistan Service, I can assure you that the provinces would be entitled to appoint their own chief secretaries in the uh, IG police. But if they say no, for the sanctity of the unity of Pakistan, we need an all Pakistan service where people work in Balochistan and they come to Punjab and they then you work in KP and then they come to the Cape, uh, to uh, federal government. That is a different mode. But I can assure you that the federal government is shrinking. We have reduce the numbers, as I said, gradually from 640,000 to 570, and we want to reduce it further. So there's no centralization except the positions you mentioned, and that will depend on the Supreme Court decision. But does that mean that the DC and the commissioner will be abolished? Yeah, DCs and commissioners, if the provinces are going to have a structure of their own, they can have the DCs and commissioners abolished. It's up to the provincial governments. If the all-Pakistan service is abolished, then every province can have its own structure. No, Nobody even If the all-Pakistan civil service is not abolished, will the DCs, because the DCs and the commissioners are in conflict with the local government. So yes, either no, we no, have no, a local no. government That's or we don't. Point. No, the DC and local, the DC and commissioners will be confined to very limited responsibilities. They would have nothing to do, which is happening today, I'm sorry to say that, that they are interfering in the local governments. That will not happen under the new laws, which have been approved by the Punjab Assembly and the AP Assembly. The laws in Sindh and Balochistan are still centralization and too much powers of the provincial government and the DCs and commissioners act on behalf of the provincial governments. We are drawing a line between the provincial government and the federal government and the provincial government and the local government. My entire emphasis honest and competent officers at the local level, you will never be able to serve the people of Pakistan. They are not interested in what happens in Islamabad or what happens in Lahore. In Burewala, there should be their own elected representative who will be able to respond to this. And in my book, I have quoted the social audits which were carried out in 2005, where it was very clear that people said, we don't approach our MPAs and MNAs because they are in provincial headquarters, but we knock at the door of our union council, Nazim, even at 12 midnight to get things done. That is a very powerful message which should be disseminated that it is the interaction between the government and the citizen at the local level which will improve the governance. Otherwise, all other service structures and all other things, 
I don't think they will make any difference. Okay. But a lot of people. I want you to go back. Ji, ek second, uh, PT. Let me take in a few people. I'll come back to you. Okay, ji. Aisha Ghuman Sahiba. Introduce yourself as well so we know who you are, Aisha Ghuman. Are you there, Aisha Ghuman? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. I can hear you. Um, sir, this is Aisha Ghuman. I'm 40th Common. Um, and I'm from Office Management Group. I had a few hmm. questions. Um, one, how long will it take for this to take off? Two, when you talk about that this new system will be examination, hoga. so how do you ensure transparency? Because I'm afraid that our system is word of mouth hai, and people uh, kind of like change the way they think. So will that affect how you appear in the interview or how your caliber is judged? Three, when you talk about perks and pays, ki baat karte hai, some of us say, for example, I would like to serve in Islamabad. I cannot serve in Islamabad. Uh, and I'm living in Lahore because I don't have family here. I have house in Lahore. I cannot live in Islamabad because I don't, my pay is not enough to make me have me, you know, live in Islamabad. That we will be able to afford ourselves. And lastly, you know, um, quota system hai. why does NES have to have quota system why can't we at that level um, undo the quota system or us us representation ko leke jaye, leke rahe, jo will actually serve the whole nation and they have that caliber there where they will want to think about the nation and not just provincial quotas thank Aisha, you baby, let's move on too many questions Ye hmm. I think Aisha I didn't make make myself clear there's no quota in NES you hmm. know somebody who belongs to engineering service, if they can have 20 seats uh, through the examination and the PS gets 10 seats, so be it. There is no reservation, there's no quota. So I don't think I made myself very clear. Now, transparency. The only body in which people have faith all across Pakistan, according to my surveys, is the Federal Public Service Commission. We have deterioration of all institutions except that of the Federal Publishers Commission. Mm -hmm. And everybody whom we consulted said that this examination of NES should be conducted by the Federal Publishers Commission. And that's what will ensure transparency. When you appeared at your entry exam, nobody has ever questioned that these examinations were doctored or were manipulated. So the same principle we are applying. When are we going to see this? Some of them have already taken off. For example, the training part, the induction, the training part has already started off. And the performance contracts have been signed by 25 ministers to the prime minister. And then it will be trickled down to the performance management system. We are waiting for the compensation study and the pay and pension commission study in order to raise your salaries. You didn't hear me. I introduced comparative you know, salary structure in State Bank of Pakistan by reducing the number of the subordinate staff from 6,000 to 1,000 and increasing the salaries 
of the 1,000 professionals, the monetary specialists, the economists, and they are now getting 10 lakhs of rupees at grade 20. So why can't we do the same thing here in our you know, civil services? I have five staff in my office, personal staff, one who opens my door, one takes me to the elevator. I don't need that. If I get a smart young officer, I can carry out my work because I'm working through the e-governance system. I don't need anybody to help me on that. So that is the direction in which we want to move. Achaji, uh, let's bring in Shahid Sattar Sab, former member of the Planning Commission, Shahid Sattar Sab. Are you there, Shahid, or have you left? I'm here, sir. Assalamualaikum, uh, Dr. Saab. Thank you very Hi, much. Sir. sir, two things. Number one, uh, until and unless you enforce that uh, certain number of positions, uh, like uh, that promotions will be of only X percent of the uh, people who are going into the next grade, uh, any amount of uh, uh, evaluation that you do will not be effective. So you have to limit the number of people that can be uh, go from one cadre to the next level. Uh, so I, that part, I think, is still missing in your plan. Secondly, your point regarding boards governing the SOEs and people uh, reporting to the boards, that model has very badly failed in Pakistan because uh, the boards have never been allowed or uh, to function. Number two, that the federal ministry and the secretaries actually override the boards, you know, at their own whim, all postings, transfers, this, that. That is still not going to change if the principal secretary is going to be the principal accounting officer. Thank you, sir. No, Shahid, you are right on the last point. We are changing that. The principal accounting officer will be the managing director or the chief executive and accept policy giving and performance monitoring, the secretary will have nothing to do with the day-to-day -day affairs and operations. I'll send you the copy of the report, which has been approved by the cabinet, which has this particular stipulation. So you're quite right. In the past, this has been the practice. What we have learned from that practice, we have 72 principal accounting officers today who are heads of the organizations. They are not the secretaries to the government. So that is a very valid point, and we have, we have tried to do that. The other one is that we are already doing that. I'm part of the high power selection board from grade 21 to 22, which the prime minister chairs, and five of us are members. Out of 16 people, only two persons, irrespective of the seniority, were promoted from 21 to 22. I don't have the statistics for the Central Selection Board, but all those superseded officers went to the Islamabad High Court recently. And some of the High Court said, promotion is not a vested right. And the Central Selection Board 
has done a marvelous job by promoting only those who are on merit. So everybody doesn't get promoted. So that is what the promotion policy which we have introduced is doing to us. So I think both your apprehensions, if you look at the history, are quite valid. But we have to learn from our mistakes. We cannot continue to make the same mistakes. And therefore, these are the safeguards. And I just informed you that only 20% will be outstanding. Today, that is not happening. Everybody gets outstanding. So you go to the promotion and only outstanding performers will be promoted. Others will not be promoted. Sir, there is just one last thing. I mean, yeah. I take your point, but still, if you have an enforced quota that only X percent will be enforced, then they can't go to court. Uh, Shahid, uh, I, I respect your views, but I'm against quotas. I quota think we allow only X percent to be promoted Shai, at each. So no, thirdly, Okay, we can talk. Shad, we have to move on. You can always talk to Doc Sab on your own. Shad, we have to move on. Chalenji, Ageji, let's see. Let's go on to uh, Ukeli Saab. Ukeli Saab, please introduce yourself and tell us what your comment question is. Ukeli Saab, are you there? You have to unmute yourself, Ukeli Saab. Unmute yourself. Unmute. Okay, sir, you're not unmuted. Handi, aap kariye bolio. Abdul Wahid Okeli from Inland Revenue Service BS20. Currently doing my PhD at West Virginia University. Acha, mashallah. Sir, aapne bhot acha hume inform kia on the reforms that are in offering. Meri sirf ek request hai ke ye overall jo hamari jo ek disgruntlement hai public ki with civil service. It is because of the reason a lot of corruption and a lot of uh, favoritism has crept into this corruption. So, iska koi component, I, I mean, obviously, it must be part of the performance management. But is there something uh, which is up and front, which can kind of segregate civil servants in terms of uh, those who are actually performing and those who actually fail to perform? Kelly sir, you are right. Right now, our efficiency and discipline rules are totally ineffective. So as a part of this exercise, we are also strengthening the efficiency and discipline rules. So the people who are not doing well or they are found to be indulging in malpractices, they can be severed quite what I call at a due process of law. We cannot, as a public servant, we have to follow the due process of law. And therefore, the rules have to be designed in order to give an opportunity to the person against whom you're taking action. So we are working on that, but the directly retirement is a direct answer to your question. So in I'm working with the FBR, for example, FBR has suspended and also removed 56 officers on the grounds that they were found to be indulging in malpractices. This has not happened before, but under the new rules, this can be done. Okay, great. Uh, Amin Hossain, sir. 
Amin Hussain. Okay, let me move on then. Mubin Saftar Sab. Mubin Saftar, unmute. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, fine. I Go can ahead. hear you. Yes. Go ahead. Mm. Sir, I'm Mubin Saftar. I'm from non cadre employee of account services from defense side. Sir, my question is that this is not the first time that Dr. Saab is doing a reform uh, committee or chairing this. So my question is that who who will assure the implementation recommended by the this committee reform committee in so case cabinet uh, ka kaam hai na wo to cabinet ka kaam hai i don't think that we need to worry about bilkul cabinet cabinet ka kaam hai but cabinet in case ka power shift hoti hai to ye recommendation kahan jayengi kya isko rule nahi ho jayegi doesn't worry that doesn't worry us that is not and, here no एंसर सेकेंड क्वेश्चन इज दैट के जो डॉक्टर साहब की रिकमेंडेशन है वो बॉटम अप है उसका इम्पैक्ट uh, आने में आई थिंक काफी ईयर्स uh, लगेंगे तो क्या कोई कंसिडरेशन ऐसी भी है कि जो टॉप लेवल पे वर्टिकली इम्प्लीमेंट की जाए जैसे कि मैं अगर आपको एक एग्जांपल देना चाहूँ तो एक इदारा है पाकिस्तान में डिफेंस सर्विसेज उसमें एक ग्रेड नाइनटीन की पोस्ट है चीफ पोस्ट अकाउंट ऑफिसर की पोस्ट उसमें जो पोस्टिंग होती है वो हमारी सीएसएस जो आर्डिट एंड अकाउंट सर्विसेज है उस साइड पे आती है जबकि पाकिस्तान में एक इदारा मौजूद है इंस्टीट्यूट ऑफ कॉस्ट एंड मैनेजमेंट अकाउंटिंग ऑफ पाकिस्तान जो कि स्पेशलाइज प्रोड्यूस कर रहा है फ्रॉम जीयर्स एंड जीयर्स अब सवाल ये है कि वहाँ पे वो लोग क्यों नहीं पोस्ट किए जा सकते क्या ऐसी हर्डल्स हैं कि उनके लिए वो डोर्स ओपन नहीं हो रहे सेकेंड ये ठीक है जी डॉक्टर साहब यहाँ मैं एक सवाल पूछ लूँ कि ये जो हमने सिस्टम मेंटेन किया हुआ है ऑफ दिस वेरियस ट्राइब्स द पीएस और पीएमएस और फलाना फलाना अकाउंट सर्विस ये वो कांट वी गेट रिड ऑफ दिस आई मीन दिस इज समथिंग दैट वेरी वेरी लेजिटिमेट क्वेश्चन देयर आर टू यू आर अ गवर्नमेंट एम्प्लॉई यू आर अ गवर्नमेंट एम्प्लॉई खत्म हो गई नदीम देयर आर टू मॉडल्स वन मॉडल इज व्हिच इज स्टिल एग्जिस्ट इन द यूके एंड वी हैव बीन फॉलोइंग दैट is that of the cadres that you have specialized cadres you are selected for particular cadre and then you rise in that to become permanent secretary the other one is the position classification which is the us system that you apply for a particular position and you are not entitled to automatic promotion for every next grade you would be competing both with your peers as well as from outsiders right. so we right. we have to decide if you do too rapid and too drastic changes in the existing structure mm. you will have a fall on your uh, you know face and that is where we are going incremental basis but ultimately i tend to agree with you that we have to go for a more modern system of human resources where everybody from any part of the world not only pakistan can come and compete for that position and get that so that is the ultimate objective but we are going incrementally doctor sab incrementally hum 70 saal se kar rahe hain do we need to go kuch kuch nahi kiya hai 70 saal se humne kuch nahi kiya hai और वो जो साहब कह रहे थे कि जी इन्होंने पहली दफा वो मेरी रिपोर्ट जो है उसी को मैं इंप्लीमेंट करने आया हूँ 
और जिस रोज वो इम्प्लीमेंट नहीं होगी मैं तो घर बैठ जाऊंगा मेरी बहुत नौकरी हो गई है मुझे नौकरी का कोई शौक नहीं है सो आई है वो रिपोर्ट जो इग्नोर हो गई थी उसको किस तरह से मैं कर सकूँ अगर कामयाबी नहीं होगी तो मैं फिर नदीम को कहूंगा मुझे विजिटिंग प्रोफेसर बना दो पाइट में मैं आके लेक्चर दिया करूंगा फातिमा हुसैन बीबी फातिमा हसन बीबी फातिमा हसन बताइए इंट्रोड्यूस योरसेल्फ एंड टेल अस अस्सलाम वालेकुम माय नेम इज फातिमा हसन एंड आई एम वर्किंग फॉर कैंटोनमेंट बोर्ड्स एजुकेशन सिस्टम एंड आई एम एस्पायरिंग फॉर सर्विसेज सो माय क्वेश्चन इज दैट सर डिस्कस्ड ट्रांसपेरेंसी इन ग्रेडिंग सिस्टम बट इट इज नॉट येट क्लियर टू मी He said that after 19th grade, the officers would be getting through a test once again, but this would be a test of intellect, and it would not be a test of their proficiency. And how it would be ensured? Are we going to, like, are we letting them go with whatever they've been doing, or is there going to be a system of checking on performance? Who would be checking it? We discussed local governments, but again, the local governments are represented by political parties. So, who is going going to be the sole authority? Would be check keeping a check on them. Would it be the political representatives, or there would be some authorities or uh, monitoring throughout performance of the officers? Would their ACR be written? How would we ensure it be completely transparent and no involvement of corruption? Thank you, sir. Again, maybe I didn't make myself clear. your performance reports on the new basis will be written jointly by you and your supervisor if you don't agree with your supervisor you can go for an appellate board which will listen to you and rectify your grievance that is your performance record when you appear at the grade 19 exam it will be the federal public service commission which will give you a summary to write on a particular issue for example the issue is what is the problem with the energy situation in pakistan what are the different options which you would like to propose what is your preferred option and how do you defend your position this is a practical question the second question on the summary would be we have an education system which is very much fragmented do you go in for a unified system or you want a decentralized system and give the pros and cons of this so it's a exercise in what you have done in your own life professional life which will be evaluated by the publishers commission and then they will interview you and see what your aptitude and what your uh you know leadership qualities are whether you can fit in so that's the process which we are trying to bring in theek ji akta safsal sahab karachi sir professor sahab akta akta safsal sahab assalam alaikum sir my name is dr akta safsal i am a professor at habib university in karachi uh mere sir the ek sawal hai about the selection criteria as it exists for the civil services exam और मेरी तो एज निकल गई है तो अनफॉर्चुनेटली मैं तो नहीं दे सकता अभी इम्तिहान लेकिन मैंने ये पूछना था कि सर ये इसमें अंग्रेजी का ऐसे क्यों रखा हुआ है मतलब अगर हमने अपने लोगों को पब्लिक सर्विस डिलीवरी देनी है तो व्हाई दिस एक्सक्लूजनरी क्राइटेरिया ऑफ दिस हंड्रेड मार्क्स ऑफ इंग्लिश ऐसे शुड वी नॉट डू अवे विद दिस एंड मेक इट एक्सेबल टू मोर सिटीजन ऑफ दिस कंट्री थैंक यू गुड क्वेश्चन डॉक्टर साहब मैं एक छोटा सा चीज अगर कर लूँ 
ये बहुत सवाल है मैं पूछ लू किसी और के एग्जाम पे सवाल ना तो एग्जाम वाले सवाल पहले पूछ लें ताकि डॉक्टर साहब एक ही दफा एग्जाम पे सवाल का जवाब दे दे किसी और का एग्जाम का सवाल है तो वो पहले बोल ले ये तो डॉक्टर साहब मेरा एक एग्जाम का सवाल है छोटा सा वाई आर वी स्टिल पेइंग सो मच अटेंशन टू दिस एग्जाम और आपने एफ में बहुत फेथ शो किया है I'm not sure if we have that kind of faith that two four retired officers sit and FPSC ko conduct kar lete hain and I'm not sure if we need that interview anymore because interview ke marks bade kai logon ne likha hai marks bade heavy hote hain and they go heavily in the direction of a certain group I think FPSC needs also evaluation your faith in that Jee. needs to be ji bilkul sahi keh rahe hain aap ke hum FPSC ko bhi reform kar rahe hain ek sath you know we are looking for ideas how to strengthen aur ye jo existing composition hai isko bhi change karenge aur ab sara automation pe ja raha hai everything is online to humne sat ka aur gmat ka jo format hai usko ab hum use karne ja rahe hain aur ye subjective jo hai wo nahi honge usme english ko isliye rakha jata hai ki aapki jo sari official business hai wo english mein hoti hai ya to हुकूमत ये फैसला कर ले कि जी हमने रीजनल लैंग्वेजेस में अपनी फाइलें चलानी हैं और हमने सारे इंस्ट्रक्शंस जो हैं वो रीजनल लैंग्वेज में करने हैं या उर्दू में करने हैं तो फर्टिल कमीशन उसी तरह से उसको मॉडिफाई कर देगा बट एज लॉन्ग एज योर ऑफिशियल लैंग्वेज इज इंग्लिश प्रोफिशंसी इन इंग्लिश इज अ प्री रेकट फॉर ए सिविल सर्वेंट doctor also if a young man decides to come into the civil service and if he misses it like akta sahab why can't he come in i mean akta sahab is not very old he like 40 why can't he come in and secondly also ke lifetime guarantee of a job kyun hai i mean why can't these guys ji ye maine bataya na ye ab jo jo hum system la rahe hain he can apply we have i said only 100 positions filled in from the central services exam but 250 officers specialists are filled in not through an exam but by the public service commission through interviews to agar doc saab ka subject hai economics to ye economist ke liye public service commission jab advertise karti hai us pe apply kare he can go in so there is no restriction logon ko badi mere khayal hai ke misunderstanding hai the cadre officers are only 6000 23000 four times are doctors engineers uh, economists financial analysts lawyers you name them so i don't think we are debarring anybody ke jisne imtahan nahi diya hai wo government mein nahi aa sakta bilkul aa sakta you agree that the cadre officers are the brahmans and the ex cadre are the shudras usko to khatam kar rahe hain nadeem do we want maine jo bataya national executive service ka usme brahmans ko khatam karke sabko barabar ka chance diya ja raha hai ke agar ek engineer hai wo secretary communication ban sakta hai ab nahi ban sakta lekin jo hamara national executive service ka concept hai wo abhi tak approve nahi hua hai ye maine उनके जवाब में बताया था कि मेरी अपनी थिंकिंग क्या है उसमें तो लेवल प्लेइंग फील्ड होगा ही कैन आल्सो बिकम द सेक्रेटरी टू कम्युनिकेशन बट दैट्स द दैट्स द इशू आई थिंक पीपल आर थिंकिंग दैट द नेशनल एग्जीक्यूटिव सर्विस विल बिकम लाइक द न्यू डीएमजी के यू विल हैव दीस गाइस हु विल बी सुपीरियर टू द अदर्स बेस्ड ऑन वन एग्जाम शुड दैट बी सो नो दे वोंट बी दे हैव गॉन थ्रू द होल यू नो करियर ये जो 12 14 साल की सर्विस होगी उसमें उनकी परफॉर्मेंस पहले ही आएगी 
अब आप ऑटोमेटिक प्रमोशन करोगे या कोई एक बैरियर लगाओगे उनके लिए ओनली द बेस्ट जो शायद सतार कह रहा था कि द बेस्ट अमंग द बेस्ट शुड राइज टू द टॉप पोजीशन सो हम तो वो ही कर रहे हैं फिल्टर डाल रहे हैं ओके फेयर इनफ लेट्स गो टू अपना आमिर साहब आमिर 27 G1AP प्लीज इंट्रोड्यूस योरसेल्फ आमिर 27 सर माय नेम इज मोहम्मद आमिर के साथ आई एम फ्रॉम लम्स आई एम करेंटली परसुइंग माय मास्टर्स इन बिजनेस एंड पब्लिक पॉलिसी फ्रॉम सुलेमान दाऊद स्कूल ऑफ बिजनेस सो सर देयर आर टू देयर आर टू क्वेश्चंस फ्रॉम माय साइड वन इज अबाउट द आर्मी पीपल के व्हाई एट सीट्स आर एलोकेटेड फॉर देम जब कभी मैंने पहले सेमिनार में ये क्वेश्चन पूछा जो 27th ऑफ अगस्त को हुआ तो उसमें मुझे जवाब नहीं मिला शायद पर जलते हैं या क्या मसला है और दूसरा सर मेरा क्वेश्चन ये है कि अभी हमने सेकेंड अटैम्प्ट का एग्जाम दिया हुआ है दैट एंडेड ऑन सेवनटीन और एटीन फेब्रवरी एंड स्टिल द रिजल्ट हैज नॉट बीन अनाउंस द रिजल्ट ऑफ रिटर्न पार्ट हैज नॉट बीन अनाउंस तो सर इतनी लेक्सटी क्यों है ये एफपीएससी के पार्ट पे ये क्या इशू है क्यों ऐसा कर रही है ये बिल्कुल आपका बात सही है हम उसको ऑटोमेशन की तरफ लेके जा रहे हैं तो या के ये जो इस वक्त टाइम डिले है उसकी वजह यह है कि 40,000 कैंडिडेट्स अपीयर एट द सेंट्रल सुपीरियर सर्विस एग्जाम फिर उनके स्क्रिप्ट्स भेजे जाते हैं टू द एग्जामिनर्स और वो एग्जामिनर्स फिर अपना वक्त लेते हैं वो फिर भेजते हैं फिर उसको कंपाइल करते हैं सो वी आर गोइंग टूवर्ड्स दी सैट एंड जी मैट का जो फॉर्मेट है उसकी तरफ जा रहे हैं ऑटोमेशन की तरफ वो भी आहिस्ता आहिस्ता होगा वो ऐसे नहीं होगा ठीक है जी अच्छा जी सारा नजमानी सलामकुम सर माई नेम इज सार नजमानी आई एम रिसर्च फेलो एट आई बी ए सर आई वुड लाइक यू टू एड्रेस दैट ऑल ओवर द वर्ल्ड इट इज द नॉलेज इकोनॉमी एंड इट इज द स्पेशलिस्ट हु मैटर इन पाकिस्तान इट इज जर्नलिस्ट लाइक डी एम जी पी सी एस एंड ओ एम जी ग्रिप ओवर द लास्ट फिफ्टीन ईयर्स एज फर्दर स्ट्रेंथ एट द एक्सपेंस ऑफ स्पेशलिस्ट दीज जर्नलिस्ट सर दे हैव सर्व इन ट्वेंटी डिपार्टमेंट्स इन 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 अ करियर ऑफ थर्टी ईयर्स सो हाउ कैन दे एक्सटेंड सेंसिबल पॉलिसी एडवाइस टू पॉलिसी मेकर्स my second question is what has the civil service reform done to dismantle this foolish iron grip of journalists which currently exists and i would also like to ask sir that are two elective papers enough to substitute a specialist and if you tell us that the engineer hasn't read a book uh, uh, after his uh, uh, studies do we really have incentivize incentivize him to read the book when he has to prepare for english essay islamiyat studies etc but well, i think i didn't make myself clear this is substitution of generalist by a blended model of generalist and specialist and specialists are being given the same opportunities for capacity building for acquiring knowledge for training so that they can compete with the generalist at grade 19 so i don't think i have made myself clear i am poor communicator that you are still asking the same question yes what you are saying is right for the present but the civil service reform is a drastic attempt in order to eliminate the monopoly of the generalists and bring in a blending even in the corporate sector you are in iba and i have been there teaching there there is a leader who has a specialist around him he listens to all these specialists 
synthesizes them and makes a decision. So you need a leader. The leader can be a generalist or he can be a uh, specialist. I have seen a medical doctor who is an excellent administrator of a hospital, but I've seen another doctor who is not at all competent to run that. So we should encourage the first one to become a administrator rather than a person who is not capable of doing it. Thank you. Dr. problem I think I might point out before I take to the take some another question. Quite frankly, our universities, and we've been talking a lot on these webinars with people, as we've as I said, we webinar is a great thing we discovered in COVID. We used to try and arrange seminars in Pied and we're always frustrated people wouldn't turn up. We arranged webinars now, we arranged about 80 in the last five or six months. And the one thing that we note is that there is no attendance from the civil service and there is no attendance from the politicians or whatever, so understood. And the other thing that we notice is that all the reforms, we've I've also done a book on this recently, all the re research that the government wants, it takes from the donors, there is no demand from local universities. So is your new knowledge economy, is your new civil service at all going to look at the universities? One of the reasons that I think the training academies have, what the training academies done is segmented the universities from the civil service. So we've got these training academies that have retired government officials. Right. So we are, there's a silo that they are sitting in. They don't have any interface to the universities. Is that going to change? Are these you're, going to You're, you're absolutely on? right. The training model which we are introducing will actually call upon the services of the university teachers. Not We will not have alliances that with Kaidyazam University or with PIDE or LAMS or IBA, but the people who are specialists in their field, they will be asked to be teaching at the, uh, at the training courses at different fields. So that is how, you know, Nadim, because I spent eight years, you have spent more time in PIDE, eight years at IBA. There's a disconnect between the aptitude and the incentives of the teachers at our universities who consider applied work as a taboo. They want to publish in peer-reviewed journal where only 15 people are actually reading there. But they will not write, and I commend you for coming up with this policy document Pied used to have PDR, but you have introduced this policy uh, document which gives you an idea as to how you can apply. So the trick is both sides. On the supply side, that we should try to bring in teachers who can contribute to the applied knowledge. And on the training institution side, that we should be able to have some linkages with the university professor. So I personally am totally agree with you. The model you are creating, I wish the other universities should also be following this because you are concentrating on policy issues and it is music to my ear, but I don't find uh, this happening. I tried at uh, IBA that I wanted to do a state of firm uh, competitiveness report and none of the professors was agreeable to do that. 
and that is what my frustration is fair enough acha ji amar shahzad sahab introduce yourself and come in please amar shahzad can you unmute yourself yes sir trying thank you sir i'm sorry sir uh, amar shahzad here i'm a law graduate from washington college of law washington mm -hmm. dc and i'm a provincial service officer from punjab thank you very much for this opportunity thank you uh, i have a question uh, sorry if i missed the point my question is we spoke about the structural things but one thing which was like seriously missing is the administrative part when it comes to the real time business the administrative law and the things which we just deal in a day to day things th those are like really complex uh when we see some rules and we just try to apply those and then we see like a whole bunch of letters issued from time to time from different authorities one is coming from some judicial side one is coming from the your your administrative secretary and someone is coming from like you know whole bunch of things so when it comes to the basic thing when it come to the day to day things all their structural things go in vain when there is no administrative line fixed for us one thing and one last comment we do, we didn't left any window for the new attorneys to just rope in your like new graduates into your different departments if we like pakistani on a student visas can work in like congress and anywhere on internship but i don't know what we have left in our department that we just don't allow our new graduates to get into our different department and get first hand knowledge so i just like want to have your like comment on these two things administrative law and second uh, window of opportunity for the young ones to come in and just fill the gap okay. fine let doctor sab answer let doctor sab answer please Thank i you. have a great respect for lawyers because my father was a lawyer but i can tell you that lawyers have made our life miserable in the government you have laws which are interpreted differently from different lawyers and i have suffered from it and i tell you that they try to have a language which nobody understands excepting them and even their own peers interpret the same law the same rule in a different way we used to have a joke that if you have two economists there will be three opinions now i find that lawyers you have two lawyers you have four opinions so i'm with all due apology i am not very convinced that we should have too many laws administrative or others we have to cut down on the business processes which have become too legalistic and that makes the life of the civil servants also difficult acha folks quick questions quick comments now because doctor has to go asma bas quick now quick ji asma bibi bole unmute kare apne aap ko can you hear me ha ji we can bole sir i'm i'm css aspirant uh, sir i have two questions uh, sir when these reforms will be implemented at induction level and second purpose is what's the purpose of screening test like uh, how someone can be judged through a just single sheet of mcqs like 100 mcqs like if we uh, get these questions like name the mother of uh, muhammad bin qasim 
so uh, what's the purpose of that mcq and, and how someone can be judged just Good point. 200 chale chale no problem mcq mcq jo la rahe hain wo hum set ke point of view se leke aa rahe hain yahan ke mcq nahi kar rahe aur screening test mein isliye ke ek ne abhi kaha tha ke ji 8 mahine ho gaye hain aur results nahi aaye hain screening test mein 40000 mein se sirf 10000 ya 8000 reh jayenge aur unko handle karna bahut aasan hoga from punjab civil service acha i have recently done my mphil in public policy and uh, and i'm a researcher many of my research have been published okay i want to i want to have your comments mm-hmm. uh, about your civil uh, service uh, reforms mechanism what mechanism sir you have proposed to depoliticize these civil services Uh, you know, in the current prevailing scenario of politicization of civil services, service delivery is badly. It is. It will be very important if you do this. It is affecting the public service delivery very, very negatively. Thank you. Ah, uh, it takes two to tango. and when i lecture the civil servants anywhere i say that a politician test your limits of compliance if you do not comply with his illegal or unreasonable requests he can remove you right he can get you transferred but if there are four of your colleagues standing in the line सर वो तो बड़ा पागल था हम तैयार हैं जो आप कहेंगे हम वो करेंगे हालांकि हमारे पास है सब कुछ है बट आई स्टिल एंड डिस्पाइट द फैक्ट आप कह रहे हैं ई गवर्नमेंट आ रही है कल सुबह मुझे पेश होना है कहीं बिकॉज मेरी मुझे समझ नहीं आती मुझे सिर्फ इतना पता है कि मुझे जाना है और बैठना है वहां और मुझे उसको रिस्क लेके बताना है कि मेरी बहन अभी है तुम्हारी बात इवन द स्कूल टीचर्स की जो ट्रांसफर्स है नहीं मैं कह रहा हूँ यहाँ तो हमने सिटीजन पोर्टल बना दिया है 
उसमें सारी सर्विसेज जो हैं इस्लामाबाद में करती हैं बट आई एम नॉट श्योर अबाउट लाहौर लाहौर में हुआ है कि नहीं बट यूर राइट यूर राइट ये भी बता दूं कि पीआईडी में हम प्लानिंग कमीशन के साथ हैं फाइल मूव होती है वो कहते हैं जी ई फाइल चल चुकी है बट फिर जब चल चुकी है सब कुछ हो जाता है फिर कहते हैं जी फिजिकल भी चलनी है नहीं तो वो, तो वो इसलिए थी नदीम तुमने छोड़े हुए गवर्नमेंट बहुत अरसा हो गया कि ऑडिटर जनरल ने कहा था कि आप सारा रिकॉर्ड फिजिकल रखें ना ऑडिटर जनरल जो है वो भी एक्सेप्ट हो जाएगी I yes, want yes, to sir. know, being a pharmacist, why are you yes, applying yes. for this job? Because there sir, is a shortage uh, of pharmacists in Pakistan. I wanted to ask you that question. Sir, that's dilemma. We have shortage of pharmacists, but still we don't have any vacancy. And I'm from KPK. And literally, like, uh, one year, two years have gone. Past two years, before our here, the MTI hospitals have come. There are seats there. And now, two years after that, and I got uh, second position in entry. This uh, screen test, the screening test. And still, I don't know whether I'll be allocated or not. Uh, but uh, that's dilemma. Uh, like, we do need pharmacists. Our hospitals are very high. We have requirement. But there is no mechanism for that. That they have to be hiring. They have to be vacant. लेकिन बाकी भी उनको अगर किए जाए इसके लिए फार्मासिस्ट के लिए तो गुड फीडबैक फॉर मी सर्टनलीफीडबैक thank you sir uh, so actually sir i am aspiring for uh, civil service so i am i'll appear in this exam so i want to ask you few two questions first pehle to ye ke like aise wali baat discuss hui hai na so we have been told by many ke uh, the examiner jo essay check karta hai usko pehle se bata diya jata hai ki aapne sirf itne students ko itne percent student ko aapne pass karna hai i don't know whether it's true or not lekin ye hame result dekh kar aksar idea ho jata hai लोग 39, 39 मार्क्स लेकर फेल हो जाते हैं। so, आप एक बाकी करंट अफेयर में पाक अफेयर में आपके इतने ज्यादा मतलब एनालिटिकल क्वेश्चंस आप उनको हैंडल कर सकते हैं तो वाई नॉट कि वो वो बंदा कैसे ऐसे फेल कर सकता है तो ये चीज फिर हमें ऑब्वियस लग मतलब हमें फिर कंफर्म हो जाती है कि हाँ इस तरह है कि सिर्फ कुछ लोगों को जो है वो ये लोग कर लेते हैं बाकी अगर उन्होंने बहुत ही एक्स्ट्रॉर्डनरी ऐसे भी लिखी हो तो वो जो है वो फेल हो जाते हैं तो एक तो मेरा इस पे है कि ये बात अगर आप जरा इसको करें और दूसरा ये कि इंटरव्यू में जो करते हैं ना क्वेश्चनिंग वगैरह वो करते हैं तो उस बारे में भी बहुत सारा सुना है कि वो ज्यादातर मतलब पूछते हैं कि इस चीज की हाइट बताए इस फलाने माउंटेन की हाइट बताए तो डोंट यू थिंक सो कि मतलब इसमें ऐसे होनी चाहिए जो हमारे गवर्नेंस के उसके लिहाज से हो मतलब ऐसा क्यों है कि उस और इसी वजह से लोगों के इंटरव्यूज खराब हो जाते हैं एंड यू नो इंटरव्यू के बेस पर ही वे बाकी वो होती है डिसीजन होता है उनका आगे का क्या, क्या होना देखिए मैं आपको बताऊं पहला जो आपका है कोई कोटा नहीं होता एक साल में 
कोई पचास लोग फेल होते हैं दूसरे साल में सौ फेल होते हैं हर साल वेरी करता है नंबर ऑफ इंग्लिश ऐसे में फेल होना सो देर इज नो कोटा एट ऑल आई कैन अश्योर यू दैट दूसरा मैं आपको बताऊं कि जब मैं सक्सेसफुल कैंडिडेट्स को मिलता हूं जैसे मैं जाता हूं सिविल सर्विस अकेडमी वॉल्टन वो जो फीडबैक मुझे देते हैं ऑन इंटरव्यूज वो तो बड़ा पॉजिटिव होता है जी बड़ा स्ट्रक्चर्ड इंटरव्यू होता है और जब मैं जो लोग फेल हो जाते हैं उनसे पूछता हूं फीडबैक लेता हूं तो वो कहते हैं जी बड़ा खराब इंटरव्यू करते हैं वो वो हमसे फैक्चुअल क्वेश्चन पूछते हैं आजकल तो गूगल पे हर चीज मौजूद है हमें कोई रट्टा करने की जरूरत नहीं है सो आई गेट वेरी कंफ्लिक्टिंग फीडबैक तो आई एम गोइंग टू लुक एट दिस इनका जो इंटरव्यूज है वो स्ट्रक्चर्ड है कि नहीं है बट आई कीप दैट इन माइंड इंट्रोडक्शन करवा लू मैं पहले नए में था उसके बाद मैंने कंप्लीट किया पीएमएस ऑफिसर बना उसके बाद मैंने कंप्लीट किया तो सीएसएस किया मैंने और ऑफिस मैनेजमेंट ग्रुप में लैंड किया मैंने उसके बाद अभी जो प्रपोज हुई है रिफान उसमें लिखा ये है कि जी जो ओएमजी के नहीं कर, आ, सिस्टम में आएंगे उनको स्टाफ ऑफिसर बना दिया जाएगा मैंने जो इम्तिहान पास किया दैट वॉज द बेस्ट एग्जामिनेशन ऑफ दैट टाइम अब इसी तरह एक और जगह पे ये कहा जाता है कि जी बीएमजी के जो ऐसे लोग जो नहीं एलोकेट हो सकेंगे उनके लिए एनईएस की बात है उनके लिए अलहदा से उनको उनकी वैकेंसीज अलहदा से क्रिएट किए जाएंगी तो ये तो पुराने सिस्टम की आप बात कर रहे हैं कोई बात नहीं अब सिस्टम चेंज हो गया तो ये कुछ और हो जाएगा ठीक है ना तो चले जी आगे इसमें थोड़ी सी डिस्क्रिमिनेशन लग रही है हमें ओएमजी ऑफिसर्स के पूरे ऑफिस बेरर्स के साथ मीटिंग की है उनको एक्सप्लेन कर दिया है आप उनसे पूछें दे सेटिस्फाइड ओके अच्छा जी अब लेट्स गेट डाउन टू द रिफॉर्म लेट्स प्लीज अगर किसी ने ये बात पूछनी है कि मैं एंटर कर रहा हूँ मैं ये वो वो छोड़ दें ठीक है आमिर दुरानी साहब गोहिद जी सलामकुम डॉक्टर थैंक्यूंग so uh, you know in when we do uh, workfare when we do social protection we actually do targeting so in targeting like in asas what we do is we do sub minimal wage which means that people who really can work do not cannot fight work get targeted now to me when i when i when i i graduated in 1988 in the us i could have joined the civil service there meaning the state department of transport or whatever in texas the salaries were abysmal the reason in us people come to the civil service is simply to get a flavor and to get networked and then they go back and do things in the private sector uh, i actually am a bit uh, on the same school of thought as nadeem and i want to ask you 
Why are we concentrating on paying civil servants better? Why are we trying to make their life better? Where actually they should be coming here to do civil service. And if they are that great, they should go out. The lady just before me asked this question and you asked her a very right question. Why is a pharmacist? A pharmacist is a very high paying job. Why is she targeting? Because in Pakistan, the government jobs are like the golden goose. Uh, yeah. I hope we, you know you got my point. Thank Amir, you, sir. Uh, I can give you my own personal example, both of uh, State Bank and IBA. When we changed the pay structures and became more incentivized, in IBA, I was able to get 72 PhDs from all over the world. And today, they are performing excellent service, not only in teaching, but also in research. So the quality of faculty, which attracts the students has really gone up. If I had maintained the old pay scales, I would not have got any PhDs because they have other opportunities. In State Bank of Pakistan, I had only one PhD who subsequently went to join the IMF. When I introduced the new pay scales and sent some of them for PhD degrees, Today, the State Bank has 29 PhDs on their staff. So if you are interested in the quality of service, you have to pay them their remuneration commensurate with their experience and qualification. You pay them peanuts, you get monkeys. And I'm not in favor of that. That's my... Doctor, I fully agree with you. But one minute, I, mean, I fully agree with you, but the uh, modern behavioral, um, sorry, economics, pay is very important, yes, but so also are two or three other things. One is autonomy to do your job. Two is to be creative in your job. And three is also to have some credit for doing your job. Our hierarchical system is here, the secretary can Secretary Sahib, Deputy Secretary ke kamre mein nahi aate. Aur Secretary Sahib controls everything. Bo Vice Chancellor bhi Secretary ke aage bichara bakri hota hai. Bo MD bhi bakri hota hai. Ye isko nahi aap change karna chahte. Kya har bande ki koi dignity nahi hai? Ya sirf Secretary Sahib ki dignity hai? Ye bilkul sahi keh rahe ho. I totally agree with you. But ye jo PCS officer, OMG ke officers ko tha. Maine kaha ke instead of having an elongated hierarchy, a section officer, deputy secretary, joint secretary, additional secretary, but I would have only three tiers. Three. Deputy secretary, joint secretary, and each one of them will have very competent staff officers who will help them. Taake transaction cost you have come ojai. Or ye jo tumara point hai, ke hum jab hierarchy change karenge or reduce karenge, to collegial atmosphere jo hai, wo zyada produce hogi. Aaj collegial atmosphere nahi hai. Yeah, I, I tell you that collegial atmosphere create karne se quality of decision making is much superior than an individual writing on the file. So I totally agree. But it's copy hum step wise karne. Deko, mindset you have oh, overnight hum ni change kar sakte. Usko incentivize karenge, usko reward or punishment denge, fir chaake hoga. Ye reforms ask liye nahi hai. I'm trying to lay down the future of the civil service, and this will not remain static. It will keep on changing. But you have to make uh, some... 
there are two elements here that i think are important tumhara 837 ho gaye i won't take any more questions i'll just ask you one or two questions then we'll sorry folks we'll have to call it a halt but very simply i just want to ask you one or two questions then you then we'll uh, you know let you go one is very simple ke ji ye centralization jab tak nahi tootegi kuch nahi hoga i can tell you from a little organization like pid this ka budget is like nothing i mean we get 115 crore rupees which is like peanuts theek hai uski bhi jitni hamari transactions costs hai wo paise lene ki aur jitna hamara time usme zaya hota hai i think quite frankly it's it's ridiculous mai baaki logon se baat karta hu universities mein they are waiting outside the education secretary's office for many hours aur doctors hain i mean i'll tell you very frankly shrad sahab my mother died theek hai she was old she was going to die but when she needed an operation the doctor the surgeon was with the health secretary having a meeting i mean hell how does the surgeon have a meeting with the health secretary ye jo nizam hai ye nahi khatam karenge health secretary why do we have a health secretary right i agree with you totally pied k vice chancellor ko we will make you the pao which is the principal accounting officer so aapko planning department mein jaane ki zarurat nahi hai you bring this proposal to the reform committee and we will make you autonomous uski tumhe zaroorat hi nahi padegi that is the way we are going about empowering the heads of the institution so they will get the budget and then they can do everything within that budget but you we cannot had a, we had a we had a five six webinars with the energy sector top energy people everybody unme shayad sitara bhi yahan hai everybody said kg all the discourse around from islamabad right we inshallah at pied will make this a central subject for our research we'll keep talking about it Good. writing about it from time to time we'll invite you if you want yeah. us to do anything for you we are ready we will inshallah do it for you but we've strengthened your hands for reform please make the reform we are all very happy for it ji i appreciate very much nadeem and i do not think this is the only occasion i have i learn a lot from these interactions so please give me the opportunity to listen to some ideas because as i said i am still in the phase of formulation and improvement and some of good ideas through research through evidence will help me also so i thank you and i i know you're always there for us you've always backed us so thank you dr sab inshallah we'll invite you again and you know join us whenever you like we will keep this dialogue going we have a webinar every third day deliberately to create a conversation in pakistan thank you doc sir thank you everybody thank you sorry for the questions but it was a very productive discussion thank you folks